Hey guys, this is WWE superstar Charlotte Flair, and you're listening to Wells Mania Podcast. Woo! You are now running wild with the most underrated wrestling podcast in the world, Wells Mania Podcast. I am your host, the Kyle Wells, a.k.a. Wells Mania. Be sure to like me on all the social media platforms, Twitter X, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Wells Mania. Hit that follow button and I'll follow you back. Run wild with Wells Mania. And of course, whatever podcast platform you listen to your podcasts at, thank you so much for deciding to take the time to run wild with Wells Mania Podcast. Wells Mania Podcast is sponsored by Johnson County Axe Throwing. Johnson County Axe Throwing located in my hometown of Whiteland, Indiana, 6001 North US 31, Whiteland, Indiana. Hit that follow button on Johnson County Axe Throwing's Facebook page. And for more information, you can go to johnsoncountyaxethrowing.com. And when you do go in there, go right up to the Axe Man and tell him Wells Mania sent you. Joining me right now in studio, right here, episode 111 of Wells Mania Podcast, which we've got a lot to talk about, but he's got a good looking tan, brother, because he bumped shoulders with the immortal Hulk Hogan, and I think the tan rubbed off on him. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's greatest co-host, Peyton Payne. What's up, brother? I do. I got that uh, Clearwater Beach, Florida tan going on. I had a great time down in Tampa, but Man, we have had a roller coaster of a couple weeks in the wrestling world. I don't think we should waste any time. We have a lot, and I mean a lot, to get through. So let's just let's address the elephant in the room, and we'll go from there. Yes, we will break down the Royal Rumble, but Peyton is right. The elephant in the room is Vince, Mc- Vince McMahon. What a big elephant that is. And I've got the direct quote here in front of me. This is from WWE president and TKO board member Nick Khan. Nick Khan said, and I quote, I wanted to inform you that Vince McMahon has tendered his resignation from his positions as TKO executive chairman and on the TKO board of directors. He said that in an email to the staff seen by Variety. And I continue on with the quote here. He will no longer have a role with TKO Group Holdings or WWE Peyton for the first time in my 37 years on this planet, Vince McMahon has nothing to do with WWE. I never thought that I would ever see the day where Vince McMahon is still living, that he's no longer associated with WWE. Now, the the reason why he is no longer associated with WWE is because of the accusations that have been made public about Vince McMahon. And we're not going to go into too much detail because these are some very graphic allegations. And this is a kid-friendly, family-fun wrestling podcast. But let's just say There's some really intense, sexual, just disgusting, despicable things that Vince McMahon has been accused of. And Peyton, I want to know your thoughts when these allegations and accusations came out and then Vince McMahon resigning from WWE 
What was the first thing going through your mind when this bombshell was dropped on all of us? Um, it was kind of a mix of emotions. Like, I mean, he's been accused of some things in the past, which is the original reason he stepped down like a year and a half ago, but it wasn't to this level. It wasn't to this extreme. Um, I, I won't go into the details of the text messages and stuff because I mean, let's face it. They're very, very perverted. Um, the, the thing is I could see Vince saying these things, but some of them are almost so extreme that it's hard to believe, you know? And it's like, well, is it almost too much is, you know, but then again, you're looking at a situation where it's like, it's so crazy. And some of these accusations and some of the things in these texts are so extreme that how could somebody even make them up? <laughs> you know, um, if he did do them, there's absolutely no excuse whatsoever. I mean, it just is perverted as you can get and stringing somebody along like that is just horrible. Anybody that was in on it is just as bad in my opinion. You know, it it, is just not a good situation at all. Uh, I think the right move was made Vince stepping down. Now I will say, I don't think he stepped down under his own, free will i think that no chance in hell i think that the moment they started losing sponsorships for the royal rumble especially after this netflix deal came out and the tko announcement of the rock joining the board i think that it was a quick and decisive thing that the company decided on where it was like vince you either Step down yourself or we will be forced to buy you out and you will be fired. Yeah, because this news broke just days before the Royal Rumble and Slim Jim just (laughs) partnered with WWE with this massive contract and sponsorship deal with the faces of Bianca Belair and L.A. Knight. Yeah, they're the uh, Slim Jim WWE superstar spokespeople. And just like Macho Man before them, ooh, yeah, dig it. So Slim Jim, they didn't pull out. They pretty much threatened to pull out if something would. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know. We can only speculate. But I'm pretty sure that Slim Jim was on the phone with WWE saying, hey, if you don't do something about Vince McMahon, we're going to do something about our partnership and we're going to back out. They didn't officially do it. There was a lot of hearsay going on there. Uh, Eventually Vince McMahon did resign. Slim Jim stayed and sponsored the Royal Rumble. So all is well with the partnership there with Slim Jim and WWE as of right now. But yeah, Peyton, you talk about just the talk of the town. I mean, my phone was getting blown up constantly. There were people saying that we needed to do an emergency Wells Mania episode. I was in the gym when this news broke. I was getting my workout on and I'm like, well, first of all, I can't do a podcast if I wanted to because I'm in the gym. I don't have my equipment. And second of all, Peyton, listen, I don't know about you, 
but I like to process things. And I went to Ball State University where I have an education in broadcast and journalism. I'm a telecommunications major. And one thing that I was taught when I was up at Ball State was if you have a story, you better make sure that you have both sides of the story. Because if you don't have both sides of the story, then it's an opinion piece. And most of the time, what we do here on the Wells Mania podcast is we give our predictions, which are our opinions. And uh, when we do get news like this, we then form our opinion. But I also want to have facts. And I didn't have all the facts right away. I didn't know everything that was going on. It was just a bunch of speculation and accusations. That's what accusations are. Until things are factual, I want to make sure that if I'm going to talk about it, I want to make sure that I'm informed and I'm ready to talk about it. And I've had almost a week now to process this and I'm still processing it, but I'm in in a point where I'm able to at least recognize that whether Vince McMahon did the things that Janelle Grant is accusing him of, or if he didn't, he had to go. He had to go one way or the other, and it was time. It's been time for Vince McMahon to step aside and to step down. And I'm really glad that he actually did step down and allow Triple H to take over But you also kind of still had Vince lingering in the background and and still had his his fingers and his hands in the product. But that's gone. Vince is gone, gone from WWE. This is a new era in WWE. And like I said, for the first time in my life, a McMahon is not running WWE, Peyton. I mean, this is massive. Well... Let's just be real. I mean, yeah, Vin, look, Vince, he he created it. He did what he did. But the WWE, the last year and a half, has proven it doesn't need Vince McMahon anymore. It has outgrown Vince McMahon. Tr- the Triple H era of WWE has broken, shattered every record that has ever been set by a pro wrestling company in the history of wrestling, which includes everything Vince McMahon has ever done. Tickets are through the roof. I mean, they have the highest sponsorship count in the history of the company. It's it's just been on a phenomenal rise. The WWE and TKO have outgrown Vince McMahon. And now that this stuff is coming out, which is nothing but a dark cloud, Vince McMahon needed to go. And that's the thing is you can't erase history. What is done is done. There's been a lot of things in pro wrestling that you sit there and you just cringe. I mean, especially when it comes to Vince McMahon, there's a lot of things that Vince McMahon has done on camera that makes you cringe. As a matter of fact, my girlfriend, the lovely Ashley Louise, who loves TikTok, I think she's on TikTok right now as we speak, She showed me this interview that Stephanie McMahon, have you seen this, Peyton? Stephanie McMahon gave this interview about a storyline that Vince wanted her to have an incest relationship with Vince. And then Stephanie was like, no, I don't want to do that. You're my dad. I can't kiss you. I can't I can't get into that. I just can't do it. 
Well, then Vince was like, well, what about with Shane? And Stephanie's like, no, that's my brother. I still can't do it. It's just, it's, it's creepy. It's cringy. So it just makes you think. And as much as you hate seeing people that you look up to or you idolize when things like this come out, it really is hard to never look at them the same way again. And that's the kind of vision that I have when I look at Vince McMahon. I mean, Vince McMahon had, we owe everything in the wrestling world to Vince McMahon. However, like Peyton said, there is now for the rest of Vince McMahon's time on this planet, there is going to be this dark cloud that follows him and he'll never be able to escape it because like I said, once it's done, it's done. You can forgive people. Forgiveness is a beautiful thing. However, some things, Peyton, are a little harder to forgive. And something like this with Vince McMahon, I don't think people are going to be able to forgive if everything does come to light, because Vince is more than likely not going to be able to settle this time around. I mean, more than likely, Vince is going to have to go to trial with this. And if Vince is found guilty, then we will know for a fact that these accusations are true. And you kind of prepare yourself now because I'm not putting it past that Vince didn't do these things because the things that we've seen Vince do, it's hard to be like, I can't see Vince doing that. But then you hear this stuff and you're like, I can see Vince doing that. Well, I mean, look at like you just said, and that's a very real thing. There was a storyline in play that Vince wanted to do where it was an incest related storyline with Stephanie. And I believe it was going to go as far as like where they were going to tease like a pregnancy with her and stuff. And it was going to be like Vince's kid. And I mean, that's just some perverted storytelling and even some of the other stories that Vince has told, you know, throughout his years in wrestling, it really makes you wonder if he was just using his, real life fantasies and putting them on screen because he in a weird way got off on it. And everyone else in the entertainment world, we all thought it was funny at the time. And those storylines will forever be funny. I mean, that's, you know, you have to separate the character from the man and the character of Mr. McMahon, I think will forever be entertaining and funny, but that doesn't change the fact that the actual man behind the character might truly be a perverted freak. Yeah. And Vince himself has said this, you take yourself in everyday real life and you times it by 10. And that's the character that you try to get over with the WWE universe. So in fact, I'd say it's the opposite. I'd say his real life, individual personality is 10 times worse than the character of Mr. McMahon. If you go off what he was doing in these text messages, as I said before, I do like getting both sides of the story when it's presented to myself and we got Janelle grants. She's the accuser. We got her side of the story with all these accusations towards Vince. Now here's Vince McMahon's side of the story. This is a quote from Mr. McMahon. I stand by my prior statement that Miss Grant's lawsuit is replete with lies, obscene made-up instances that never occurred, 
and is a vindictive distortion of the truth. I intend to vigorously defend myself against these baseless accusations and look forward to clearing my name. However, out of respect for the WWE Universe, the extraordinary TKO business and its board members and shareholders, partners and constituents, and all of the employees and superstars who help make WWE into the global leader it is today, I have decided to resign from my executive chairmanship and the TKO board of directors effective immediately. Peyton, that is a direct quote from Vince McMahon. So, of course... Vince is denying any of these accusations as I would expect him to. However, when this does go to court, when this does go to trial, it might be a different story. Vince might actually plead guilty or he might be found guilty one way or the other. It does not look good for Vince McMahon. Now, there it is. That is everything that we know regarding Vince McMahon. Now, I know after the Royal Rumble during the press conference, WWE Universe, the reporters that were back there at the press conference, everybody's been wanting to ask Triple H. Yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, go ahead, Peyton. Anybody at this press conference that asked about these Vince accusations... I'm going to just go ahead and say it. I think you are a bona fide scumbag. I think that that was not the time. It was not the place. And you were simply looking for some sort of narrative voice grab that you can put out on your social media. Be like, oh, I got Triple H to say this or I got Cody to say this. That press conference is not about Vince. It's not about the lawsuit. That's beyond the WWE now. That is a personal matter, and those guys are out there to answer questions about the Royal Rumble. There's a reason they that Vince resigned earlier in the day, and to go out there and expect Triple H to sit there and be bombarded and, you know, trash talk someone who is still his father-in-law before there's even a court hearing, which is a... Uh, an active lawsuit. I mean, you're just ridiculous. And then the first question you ask Cody Rhodes, who just went out there and won the Royal Rumble is about Vince. I mean, be real. You are nothing but a, a, a piece of, you know what? And I think that anybody who said that any question in that regard should have immediately been banned from any future press conferences. Now I do understand why they ask those questions because people want to be first people want to get right to it i get that but peyton's right there's a time and a place and you knew that they were going to ask it and triple h did what triple h would do he protects the wwe he's not going to dive in to what you want to hear because Triple H is a trained professional and he knows he knew when he sat down and put on his grandpa glasses, he knew that he was going to be asked those questions. He was preparing himself. That's why he answered them the way that he did. You know, he wants to focus on the positive. He wants to focus on the good. We just had one of the best Royal Rumbles in recent memory But nobody wanted to talk about that. They wanted to talk about Vince. So, you know what? 
now that we've gotten all of our Vince McMahon talk out of the way, we're now going to rumble. We're going to talk about the Royal Rumble. We're going to break it down right here on episode 111 of Wells Mania Podcast. Because Peyton, you and the Axeman, Chris Engel, you guys flew down to Tampa. You spent the entire weekend down there. What was the city like? What was the atmosphere like? Was there a buzz running wild throughout Florida? I mean, it had to have been really exciting because the Royal Rumble is arguably one of the most exciting, most anticipated PLEs of the entire year. I mean, yeah, there was a buzz when you were around the wrestling stuff. I mean, Tampa's, it's spread out, so it's not like past WrestleManias. I've been to like Atlanta or New Orleans or Dallas where everything's kind of in walking distance and there's wrestling fans everywhere. You know, there were a few people in the hotel I was staying at that had wrestling shirts on and stuff, but um, you had to kind of get around the the action areas to really see the wrestling fans and feel the excitement. Uh, we got there on Friday, flew first class. I've never flown first class before. Loved it. It was fantastic. Um, and then we went to the Superstore immediately when we got there because we couldn't check in until later. So we spent some time at the Superstore. The Nigerian giant Omas was there. Uh, and he is just unbelievably massive. Yeah, he made everybody in the Royal Rumble look small. And there were some pretty meaty men in the Rumble when Omas was in there. And they look like Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed is a massive dude, but he's not compared to Omas. Yeah, he's he's so huge. Um, but no, they had some cool stuff at the Superstore. What did you buy at the Royal Rumble Superstore. So for myself, I bought, uh, they had a very cool, uh, I'm sure you saw the CM Punk shirt that I wore the actual night of the Rumble. It was an old school vintage looking Punk shirt. That, that was a one, really cool shirt. That one caught my eye. I picked that up. I picked up the uh, the Royal Rumble 2024, uh, one of the variant shirts that had like, it was like a skull and a baseball cap. I don't know if you saw that one. I got that for myself. And then I also got a Hulkamania 40 years Python power t-shirt to wear for when I would meet Hulk Hogan on Sunday. You and I are twins because I also ordered that shirt. The second that it dropped on wweshop.com, I ordered it. So when I get it, you and I will have to wear them together and we'll do a TikTok live talking about the immortal Hulk Hogan brother. Now, how was meeting Hulk Hogan because I met Hulk Hogan back in 2015, almost 10 years ago. And until you meet Hulk Hogan, I I could tell you all about it. But when you meet him, it's a once in a lifetime experience. How was it for you? It was awesome. It was awesome. I'm usually very cool, calm and collected when meeting people. And I was, you know, you got to treat these people for anyone out there that's never met one of these wrestlers or celebrities or anything, you know, I like to throw a saying around, act like you've been there before. Treat them like normal people because they are normal people at the end of the day. They don't really like the super fan, you know, bugging out, freaking out. They're they're turned off by that. So um, but inside I was marking out hard. You know, I I was Hogan is 
I mean, he's the godfather of professional wrestling. He is on the Mount Rushmore, in my opinion. I mean, the guy that body slammed Andre the Giant, the guy that main evented the first eight WrestleManias in a row. And uh, it was, I waited, I waited a couple hours. Um, luckily, you know, it's Tampa, so the weather wasn't too bad. It was a little chilly, uh, windy, but, you know, with Hulk Hogan, I don't care. I'll wait. And when I finally got in the beach store, I you know, I could hear him talking to other people and I just the excitement was growing. And then finally I got up there and walked up. And I was, hey, what's up, Hulk? And he's, How you doing, brother? <laughs> and I kid you not. He went in for the mega powers handshake. Wow. That's how he was greeting people with the oh. with the Mega Powers handshake. And I just I was so I had a smile so big on my face. And then I had him sign. You can see the picture uh on my social media. What had, is your social media for those who might not know? It is at Stone Pain Prod on Twitter. So go and hit that follow button. Go follow me there. I had him sign. I have the uh I believe you. I got it from you, actually. It is the WrestleMania One Deluxe uh, Funko Pop, where it's got the poster in it and him in the blue trunks, uh, which was awesome. And he actually he reacted. He's like, "Oh, you got me signing the blue trunk ones, huh?" <laughs> and um, so that was very cool. And With that that light blue paint pen, which pops tremendously good choice by the way yeah he was asking me like, oh, so what color you want brother and i was like well let's go with the blue because it'll match the trunks he's like oh you were reading my mind dude you know and that's hilarious because that's that's legit how he talks yeah you know it was fantastic he, he might be toned down a little bit when the, when the cameras aren't running yeah. but he still has that that hulkster uh mannerism to him and then i i showed him a picture of me as a as a little kid dressed up as hulk hogan for halloween which um i might throw that picture out on twitter for i everybody. was just about to say you have got to throw that out on social media and i'll retweet it and he he popped hard for that he was like oh your pythons are bigger than me dude you know so it was just it was awesome i it was worth every penny i loved it it was one hell of a way to close out Royal Rumble weekend. And then right after that, I went over and uh, ate dinner at the restaurant that he also owns right next to the beach shop, which had fantastic food, by the way. And uh, they do karaoke there every Monday night. So perhaps uh, if you're one day, you and I will have to go back to Tampa. And, and I know you like doing karaoke. Oh, my goodness. And I've tweeted. I have tweeted at Hulk Hogan. He's responded back to me a couple of times, but when it comes to the karaoke, I have yet to get a uh, response back from the immortal Hulk Hogan. But yeah, Hulk Hogan says that every Monday night, he is physically there at this restaurant. So if you are lucky enough, maybe you'll get an opportunity to not only meet Hulk Hogan, but maybe to sing with Hulk Hogan or for Hulk Hogan. And I tweeted at him that, yeah, I, I got to come down to Tampa and perform my number one karaoke hit, Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice, because I guarantee you nobody except for Vanilla Ice. Oh, my God. Peyton's showing me the Peyton showed me the picture right now of him as a little boy. He's got the muscle suit on. Oh, my. You have got to throw that up on your Twitter because that right there. I'll retweet that. I'll share it. That is that is priceless right there. That's, that's good stuff. Um it's almost like the time I dressed up as Sting 
we'll put a side by side. Uh, we'll do your Hogan and my Sting, the uh, Halloween costumes from when we were little kids. Now, uh, Ice Ice Baby, if you're not Vanilla Ice, it doesn't get any better than me performing Ice Ice Baby. And if you don't believe me, I've got so many people who can vouch for me that they've seen me perform it live and there's nothing quite like it. I mean, I channel my inner Vanilla Ice when I'm up there on the stage performing. So I would love to be able to perform Ice Ice Baby in front of Hulk Hogan. Now, Peyton, I may have asked you this before, but since we're talking about karaoke songs, what's a what's your number one karaoke go-to song? Well, I don't sing karaoke, so I don't have one. Well, you know what? The next episode of Wells Mania Podcast, your homework is to figure out what it would be and then maybe we'll get lucky and you can give us a little taste of Peyton Payne doing karaoke. Come on now. You can't let your fans down. You do have a lot of fans, by the way. There is a better chance that Andre the Giant main events WrestleMania 40 than me ever singing karaoke on this podcast. So what you're saying is it's it's never going to happen. Noted. Now, speaking of WrestleMania, we are on the road to WrestleMania 40. And before we got there, we had to go through the Royal Rumble. And as Peyton stated earlier, Cody Rhodes won the Men's Royal Rumble. And yours truly drew number 15 in my Wells Mania Royal Rumble pool and I got Cody Rhodes. So Peyton, for the first time ever in Wells Mania history, I got to finish the story. I won my own Wells Mania Royal Rumble pool. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and bury Horowitz myself, pat myself on the back because I was nervous. I was nervous because that's the thing about the Royal Rumble is... You have no idea who's coming in when, who's coming in where. And uh, when Cody came in at 15, even though I picked CM Punk to win the Men's Royal Rumble, when Cody came in at 15, Peyton, adrenaline in my soul. I had it. I had it. I felt it. Whoa! Cody won. I won. So thank you, Cody, for winning the Men's Royal Rumble. And on the flip side... Bailey won the Women's Royal Rumble, and congratulations to Friend of the Wells Mania podcast, Jamie Creech. He drew number three, Bailey winning the Women's Royal Rumble at number three, Peyton. Can I just take credit for, for the whole... I have been calling for like eight months that Bailey was going to win the Women's Royal Rumble this year. I did it before anybody else did it. I said it almost a year ago, Bailey was going to win the Royal Rumble, and I called it to a T. It is true, because I do recall you a long time ago. Because sometimes you and I, we we uh, go in advance. We do our, our book it. Remember when we used to do book it? We kind of go way down into the future of WWE. And I do recall you saying, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I know it was a long time ago. You did say that Bailey was going to win the 2024 Royal Rumble. And that is exactly 
what happens. So looking into that crystal ball, hey, I tell you this all the time, it pays to run wild with the Wells Mania podcast because not only do I, Wells Mania, predict things right, but the world's greatest co-host, Peyton Payne, also predicts things right. We both predict things right. Nobody else out there better than the Wells Mania podcast, Peyton Payne and Wells Mania. Now, Peyton, this is something really cool. And this this guy is a massive fan of you. He's a massive fan of me. He's a massive fan of what we do here. I'm talking about Kevin Dininger, who arguably might already be the 2024 Wells Maniac of the Year. I mean, this dude is incredible. He's been nonstop tweeting Wells Mania, interacting with me. He's been commenting on all sorts of different Wells Mania Facebook posts. And this one, I know this one's going to rub your ego. He has gone back because he, he messaged me the other day. He asked me, hey, where can I find the episodes of Wells Mania podcasts that aren't on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? Because, Peyton, we haven't always been here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The roots of Wells Mania podcasts started, well, it started on SoundCloud and that didn't last very long, but it really got its boom on Wells Mania YouTube. So if you ever want to go back like Kevin Dininger is, he has gone back and he has listened to old archived episodes of Wells Mania. I think he commented on Facebook. He said that he thoroughly enjoyed your rant about Ric Flair because Peyton went on one of his most iconic rants why he despises the nature boy rick flair it arguably is an, an all-timer on the wells mania podcast i was gonna say it has to be up there arguably one of the most infamous moments on this podcast i mean you did not hold back because i asked what's your beef with rick flair and you told me what your beef was with Ric Flair. I wasn't even ready. I know the Wells Maniacs weren't ready, but my goodness, when you laid down your promo, it was like your CM Punk pipe bomb moment. I mean, that is an all-timer. Now, we're going to get some reactions from the Wells Maniacs who commented on my Wells Mania Facebook page, their thoughts on the Royal Rumble. But I wanted to read some um, stats. These are some Royal Rumble stats that I thought were really cool These are according to WWE. Cody Rhodes is the fourth back-to-back Royal Rumble winner in WWE history. Peyton, little trivia here for you. Who are the other three superstars that have gone back-to-back to win the Royal Rumble? Easy. Well, first you got the immortal Hulk Hogan dude. Brother. You got... The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. And then you have the greatest Royal Rumble participant of all time. The only man to ever win three Royal Rumbles. Mr. Royal Rumble. What? Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Yes. uh, Well done. You passed the trivia. Yes, Hulk Hogan won back-to-back 1990 and 91. Shawn Michaels, 95 and 96. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, 97 and 98. And now, most recently, Cody Rhodes, 2023 and 2024. Now, Peyton, now here's some other fun stats. Bailey, who won the Women's Royal Rumble, she broke, I'm sorry, she broke Rhea Ripley. You want to give it to us one time? Mommy! She broke Rhea Rhea Ripley's longest time in a women's, it gets me every time, 
Bailey lasted one hour, three minutes, and three seconds. That is a long time to be in a Royal Rumble. Uh, Naomi, Naomi, welcome back to WWE. She lasted one hour, two minutes, and 18 seconds, also surpassing Rhea Ripley. Naomi is the second longest time in women's Royal Rumble history. CM Punk, 10 years between Royal Rumble appearances. The last time Punk was in the Royal Rumble was 2014. That changed uh, 2024. Welcome back, CM Punk. We'll, well, we'll get to that here in a little bit. Nia Jax had eight eliminations, which ties an all-time women's match record. Nia Jax looked damn good in that women's Royal Rumble. Kofi Kingston, second all-time with 16 Royal Rumble match appearances, trailing who I think is the greatest Royal Rumble competitor of all time. By God, it's Kane! Son of a bitch! It's my Jim Ross impression. And the last cool Royal Rumble stat here, Natalia and Liv Morgan are the only superstars to compete in all seven women's Royal Rumble matches. Welcome back, Liv Morgan. Now, Peyton, before I dive into your live experience being at the Royal Rumble, congratulations, by the way. You have now officially been to every single big four WWE PLE. How does that feel? Oh, it feels great. I finally finished off the bucket list. I checked off all of the four, the big four, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series all done. And now I got to ask myself, well, what's what's left? What is left to check off? I got a couple things still. I would love to witness an Elimination Chamber live. I think that's a fun one. Well, you're in luck because next month. Yeah, I'm not going to make it to that one. In Perth, Australia, it's the Elimination Chamber. Maybe, maybe if it comes back to the States. And then... um I would also love to just witness a war games. I feel like war games would be fun to see. And, you know, that's that's kind of newer. Uh, and then also, I've never been to an NXT event. So maybe an NXT pay-per-view, that would be fun as well. So I still have a few things left I'd like to accomplish. But as far as the big one hitting all of the big four, I can finally say I have done it. Congratulations. I am two behind. The only two I have never been to are, surprisingly, SummerSlam. I missed it when it was here in Indianapolis. I I don't recall what I was doing, uh, but I wasn't doing SummerSlam. And I have never been to a Royal Rumble. So those are the only two out of the big four that I have not gone to. So hopefully... Well, SummerSlam's rumored to be in Cleveland this year. I was going to say, hopefully this year I will be able to attend SummerSlam. My girlfriend wrote, we got a whiteboard behind us. She wrote to uh, start saving my money for the uh, potential SummerSlam in the SummerSlam. I just went Bret Hart. The SummerSlam, potentially in Cleveland. Home of the Vanilla Gorilla. Vanilla Gorilla, Nick Brashear. So maybe... You and I can take a little trip over to Cleveland, not only hit up SummerSlam, but we can also make our debuts in Nick's Federation over there, EFW. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome if they're running an event that weekend. I'd love to be a part of it. Now, I did post this question on the Wells Mania Facebook page. What did you think of the Royal Rumble? 
We're going to start off with the early front runner for 2024 Wells Maniac of the Year. It's, we're, we're still in January, and, and Kevin pretty much has this thing on lock. Kevin Dininger said, I thought it was great overall. My issues were I thought the women started slow and clunky, but really turned around after the 15-20 minute mark and finished very strong. I thought the fatal four-way was a good match with a very flat ending. We all knew Roman would win, but they could have finished the match better. The U.S. Championship match was okay, minus the ridiculous ending. We'll we'll touch on that here in a little bit. His positives are Bailey was awesome. Naomi returning and lasting so long was great. Jade Cargill is a beast. She sure is. The ending of the women's match was the great uh, ending that you would want. Tons of star power. I was somewhat surprised for Cody to win with all the talk of punk. I really didn't expect it. And he joins a very elite group of wrestlers going back to back. Our truth was great, and I enjoyed McAfee's entry too. Jay had a great rumble. So nice little dissection there from Kevin Dininger. Alan McCollum said, I really enjoyed the women's match. The rest was mid, as the kids say now. Kurt Ferris said, predictable for the most part. Michelle Benson said, kind of boring, honestly. It's crazy that they stretch just a few matches over the course of four hours, and I usually don't complain about wrestling. Royal Rumble has felt kind of lackluster the last few years, though. Wyatt Colts fan Sprague said the uh, he gave a little ranking here. The U.S. Championship match, 8 out of 10. Fatal 4-Way, 5 out of 10. Women's Rumble, 9 out of 10. Men's Rumble, 8 out of 10. Our truth was brilliant. Highlight of the night was Jade Cargill. Talk about star power. Cody calling his shot on Roman from the ring helped redeem the mediocre... FFW match by putting the focus back on Roman and Rhodes. Kayla Lasota said predictable, but with some surprises, 3.5 out of 5 stars. David Sachs said, I really thought The Rock was going to be in it. I have a feeling Reigns is going to injure Cody in the lead up and The Rock is going to take his place. Please, no more injuries for the love of God. And beat Reigns and then lose the title to Cody. JJ Elizondo said the women's was awesome. Men's very lackluster. Brandon Meese said bad. Seemed thrown together. AJ Pattyegg, somebody help Chelsea. And he said somebody as uh, Pat McAfee. He spelled it like Pat McAfee. And Chris Haggerty, the 2018 Wells Maniac of the Year said, the women killed it. The men's was hampered by the crowd. It was a good Royal Rumble event. So thank you to all of you Wells Maniacs. I'm telling you, if you want to get your name and your opinions thrown out on a future episode of Wells Mania Podcast, that's how you do it right there. I take the time to appreciate each and every single one of you for taking the time to appreciate what Peyton and I do here. Now, Peyton, there were some strong takes in there. I agree. I think the Women's Royal Rumble was the best Women's Royal Rumble that we've ever had. I think the men's rumble did not live up to the expectations that I was hoping for. Uh, I still enjoyed it because I I enjoy the Royal Rumble. I'm not going to sit there and and get mad about it because I still had fun watching it. But I, I will admit, I was anticipating a little bit more surprises. We didn't really have a lot of surprises in the men's rumble. Yes, Andrade, welcome back to WWE. Congratulations with signing a contract with Monday Night Raw. However, 
Braun Breaker was in the men's rumble. And that, Peyton, was my oh my God moment of the night because watching Braun Breaker come in and just absolutely just wreak havoc on the rumble, that was awesome. And I'm sure in person it was really cool to see because it came across on Peacock. That was a very intense five minutes of Braun Breaker being in that rumble. Uh, But what a great main roster debut for Rick Steiner's kid. And uh, when you think about other things on the Royal Rumble card, we all knew Roman Reigns was going to retain. The finish was, eh, yeah, it was nothing special, nothing to write home about. The United States title finish, I knew Logan Paul was going to retain, but I didn't know he was going to retain with the referee actually seeing the brass knucks on Kevin Owens and calling for the disqualification. I thought that was a really interesting way to 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 finish that match. What were some of your takeaways? Uh, we'll talk about the Rumble. We'll save the Rumble for last, but what were some of your takeaways from the United States and the undisputed WWE Universal title match. I mean, this is one thing about wrestling is everyone has their own opinion. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Some people's opinions, let's be real, are probably a little bit more truthful than others. I feel like there's a lot of people in the wrestling world, especially on the IWC, that only give their opinions based on which brand they like. So they're going to they're going to dog out something no matter what it is. Or they're going to say they loved it no matter what it is. Um, Which is why I'm here, because I like to give the truth. I like to give truthful takes. And the truth is, the women's rumble definitely did outperform the men's rumble for the second year in a row. I will agree with that. I think the women had a better royal rumble than the men. I think that's also because it was the first match of the night and the crowd was hot and electric. And by the end of the show, people were exhausted because there really was no room on this card for filler. You know, they they never had a match where it was like, all right, let's tone it down a little bit to get people back up and ready for the main event. Um, I think the women's rumble, for as good as it was, probably didn't need to go as long as it did. I think that that hindered the men's rumble. Uh, because if I don't know if I don't know if it seemed like this to you, but it got to a point in the men's rumble where it definitely was not every 90 seconds. And I feel like it was like every 30 seconds they were shooting guys out from the back. I did feel like the men were coming out a lot faster. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. That was a very quick 90 seconds. Yeah. By the time guys were in the ring, the the timer was already playing for the next guy to come out. I got to ask you, did you have fun counting down from 10? Oh, yeah, it was a blast. I love that. Because you can't have a Royal Rumble without the 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So I'm really glad that you got to participate in the countdown. Um, I will say that I saw a lot of people online said that the crowd was dead. Um, I'm going to argue that point, being that I was in the crowd. The crowd was very lively. Uh, they may not have been as loud for the main event because I think people were just exhausted. But I, I think because I did go back and watch the show and there was definitely a lot of chance that were not picked up 
on the cameras. And I think the audio from the crowd maybe was either not mic'd up that well or the sound was just going straight up to the roof and you couldn't really hear it very well over the live stream. Uh, Like one in particular, like when CM Punk came out in the building, it was so loud. Everybody was singing Cult of Personality. But on the actual cameras, you know, on the stream, you couldn't hear it that well. So I, I don't know if it was a mic problem, but I think that the crowd was not as bad as people watching the actual pay-per-view thought it was. Uh, I thought that the women's rumble was better because, yeah, there was more shock and awe in there. But the problem with the men's rumble, and I mean, maybe you'll feel the same way. I think I, I, the best way I can summarize it is not really the lack of surprises. Because let's be honest, MJF was never going to be there. Okada was never going to be there. People, Hulk Hogan, unfortunately, was never going to be there. Well, because apparently I know the reports came out afterwards saying that he didn't pass pass a a physical. I don't buy it because... Wouldn't you have done everything in your power to pass the physical well in advance to participate in the Rumble? I just think WWE, they did a hell of a job having Hogan involved, promoting and hyping up the event. But my goodness, they teased us. They teased us. And I'm not going to lie, Peyton. I was let down that the immortal Hulk Hogan was not entrant number 30. In the Royal Rumble. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that was kind of a letdown that Hogan wasn't in there, especially after they blatantly teased us with it, where he said, I might have one final run left in me. Um, I think, though, the biggest problem was not necessarily the lack of surprises like was in the women's. I think because, I mean, let's let's be real. CM Punk being in it should have been more than enough. And then you had the return of Andrade and Cody's story and all that. I think there was enough there to fulfill it storyline wise. I just got a sense that there wasn't. It felt like there wasn't a sense of urgency in the men's rumble. I felt like the guys that were in there were just kind of moving slow and just kind of going through the motions of the match where is in the women's. It felt like. A little bit quicker. It felt more urgent. It felt like everybody in there was really fighting for their lives to win this thing and get to WrestleMania where the men's was just kind of moving along. And there was I didn't get the sense that the guys competing in the match were like, I have to win this. Yeah, because you go back and you look at moments of the night and the women's rumble stole the show. I mean, the spot on the apron where Bianca Belair hit the KOD on a uh, TNA Jordan Grace. That was an awesome surprise entrant right there. The moment, I don't know if you could have seen it where you were sitting, what angle, what view vantage point you had, but I'm telling you, man, is Jordan Grace okay? Because that KOD elimination that Bianca had on Jordan Grace, I popped for that. I mean, that was intense. What a Royal Rumble moment. And another one was the stare down between Bianca Belair and Jade Cargo. I mean, that was a Royal Rumble moment. The two women are standing there. The rest, it was a great camera shot from home. The WrestleMania logo hanging in the rafters. Those two standing there. I've been posting it 
on my social media. That is the match I want at WrestleMania because the last women's match that was a non-title women's match, you want to take a guess what it was? You, you can't because it was so long ago. It was WrestleMania 22. Tori Wilson versus Candice Michelle in a pillow fight. That was the last one-on-one non-title women's match on the main card at WrestleMania, Peyton. That was a long time ago. So this right here, because let's face it, Bailey's going to take on EO Sky and Rhea Ripley is more than likely going to take on Nia Jax. Nia Jax. Becky. It's it's Yeah, it's going to either be Nia Jax or Becky. One of those two women, they're going to win the Elimination Chamber. They're going to go on to face Rhea at Mania. So Peyton, for the first time in a very long time, we could get a one-on-one non-title women's match that actually means something. No offense to Tori Wilson and Candice Michelle, but uh, different times back then, a pillow fight. Could you imagine the women having a pillow fight now? You talk about the IWC losing their mind. So give us what we want, Triple H. Give us Bianca Belair versus Jade Cargill in Philadelphia. And while I'm at it, give us Jimmy Uso versus Jay Uso in the city of brotherly love at WrestleMania. Because Peyton, I thought that was really cool. Jimmy and Jay starting out the men's Royal Rumble. It gave me Axe and Smash Royal Rumble vibes. From back in the day. But yeah, we'll get to the men's here in a second. But the women's rumble, I agree with you. It just had more pop to it. It had more excitement to it. It had more moments to it. it. Had more surprises to it. I mean, we got Naomi. We got Jordan Grace. We got a returning Liv Morgan. We got Shotzi in her tank. We got R-Truth. I mean, there was all sorts of just really cool moments in the women's rumble that stole the show. Not to mention Roxanne Perez and Tiffany Stratton from NXT getting the call up. But yeah, you you compare the women's rumble to the men's rumble and it doesn't even compare. Now, I will say I do think the finish to the men's rumble was better because everybody was on their feet to see who was going to be the one to win between Cody and Punk, especially when they were going back and forth for almost 12 minutes. I think that... That in itself, that moment, um, that Rock Austin my way moment, if you will, because we all know everybody likes to use the my way promo, which is the greatest promo in wrestling history to talk about modern day stuff. I think that was the best part of the men's uh, Royal Rumble match. And then obviously, you know, I didn't hear it till I went back and watched the replay, but the moment that Punk said, I didn't come back after 10 years to lose to Dusty's kid. I think that that, Great was, line. that was the moment everybody knew that Cody was going to win. Um, and, and honestly, looking at it now, thank God Cody did win because it wouldn't have worked out regardless if Punk would have won. Yes, because let's get everybody up to speed. This past Monday night on Raw... Rumors were running wild all day long. CM Punk comes out and addresses that he tore his tricep and he will not make it to WrestleMania. And then Drew McIntyre comes out, pulls a great heel moment here, says that he prayed for CM Punk to get injured, which I thought was cold-blooded, but a great heel tactic. I know you really probably pop for that. 
And then Drew attacks CM Punk and stomps on his torn tricep. Now, friend of the Wells Mania podcast, Dion Freeman, and I'm sure he does this to you as well. He's been blowing me up every day. Dion blows me up with all of the of his takes. So, Dion, why don't you just do yourself a favor and come on the next episode of, of Wells Mania podcast and run wild with Peyton and I, so that way we can talk about your takes. And I promise you, I will not hit you with the "Oh, brother, this guy stinks." Yeah, no, he he's been blowing me up too, questioning if it's. Uh, fake injury or not or you know uh, a work or if it's not as bad as it really is it's definitely not a work CM Punk legitimately is injured um, I believe they said he was actually going into surgery after Raw and it, it god I just I gotta tell you when I read that news that Punk got hurt it just gutted me you were rocked because I texted you here we go at the beginning of Raw and, and you said that you were gutted because you just had a bad feeling. You were like Han Solo. You have a bad feeling about this. And unfortunately, if CM Punk is not able to make it to WrestleMania, we are not going to get the the match that we have been wanting, CM Punk versus Seth Rollins, because Seth Rollins might not even be there because he's hurt too. It just it, it gutted me because it's like, obviously, I will be at WrestleMania. So I think I have more of a personal stake involved in it i was so looking forward to seeing cm punk get that wrestlemania main event that he never got uh back in the era where i was a massive punk fan the best in the world i I wanted to be there for that so badly at wrestlemania 40 um and then just for him too man you know I i can only imagine how distraught and heartbroken uh, punk is because I mean you could see it in his eyes he was he was just crushed you know because he it for him and anybody out there that thinks that this doesn't mean something to punk I think he proved on that promo on raw that you are all completely wrong you can see how much this meant to punk this is personal for punk he wants to do it for himself. He wants to do it for the fans that he felt like he let down 10 years ago. He wants to erase the bad taste in people's mouth that this AEW run left that I think he thought was going to be his second chance. This meant everything to Punk and to just have it ripped away right after your first match back is just horrible. But I think that in the bigger picture, when he does come back, I think it will make for an even grander story next year because now next year will be CM Punk's story. Yeah, and he cut a very, it felt very genuine. I know CM Punk's history is is controversial. However, you can't tell me after listening to him and seeing him pour out all that emotion that you didn't buy what he was selling. I didn't buy a damn word that Seth Rollins was selling. And I know, I know you weren't either. Are we going into that? We will go into that here in just a second, but we'll address the CM Punk promo first. And then we'll get into uh, snake Rollins. I mean, Seth Rollins, but man, CM Punk cut a very authentic, genuine, heartfelt promo. And you, you do feel bad for the guy because 
he got a second life here in WWE, and it's been phenomenal. He has done nothing but great things since his return. And for those people out there on Twitter who were saying he's old and he's gassed and he he has no business being in there with all these other athletic younger superstars. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the dude's 45 years old and he spent 25 minutes in the Royal Rumble. You tell me with a torn tricep. Let's, let's yeah, remember yeah. that with a broken freaking neck with a torn tricep. You tell me how you would do in everyday life, not just competing in in athleticism, sporting events. You just tell me you at 45 years old with a torn tricep spending 25 minutes in a target. Tell me how you would do moving around in the store. You would be complaining. You would be crying. You would be, get me out of here. But no, Punk persevered. Punk did so many things in that rumble with a torn tricep. I mean, you think about the... Anything after Drew McIntyre, I'm pretty sure, is when he tore his tricep. Anything after that that Punk did. So the last stretch of the Rumble with Punk hitting all those moves on Cody Rhodes with a torn tricep really puts things into perspective. And yeah, the line, I didn't come back to lose to Dusty's kid. When I heard that, it solidified Cody Rhodes winning the Rumble for me. I was like, even though I picked Punk to win, when I when Punk said that, I was like, nah, nah, you're losing, bro. Yeah. Cody Rhodes is going back to back, and that's exactly what happened. No, any but honestly, I went on a I went on a spree. The amount of people that I blocked on Twitter this week is a record set, I think. I, I I've come to a point to where I just block people on Twitter. I don't even care anymore. If you if you seem toxic to me. Um, and it's not I'm not saying I'm blocking people that have a different opinion, but if you have toxicity in the way that you tweet or do things, you're getting blocked. I don't want to see that bull crap anymore on my feed. And for anybody out there that was like, oh, punks gassed or blah, 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 or, or you're out there taunting the fact that this guy got injured and you say he deserves it. Immediate block. Punk could have easily said to Cody, hey, man. I'm hurt. My triceps torn. Just dump me out and and take the victory. But no, he decided to work another 10 to 12 minutes at the end of that match one on one with Cody Rhodes and give you the best part of the entire rumble match with a torn tricep, a freaking torn tricep. I mean, that should tell you everything you need to know about Punk's drive and his wanting to be back in the WWE and give fans the moments that they deserve. So I I wish Punk a speedy recovery, and I will be there next year when he does main event WrestleMania because it, 41 has got to be the year of CM Punk. Now, let's turn our attention to Seth Rollins because... With Cody Rhodes winning the 2024 Men's Royal Rumble, he has an opportunity to choose which champion he would like to face at WrestleMania. He already made it loud and clear after he won the Rumble, pointing up to the suite. You saw that, right? Where Roman Reigns was sitting. He pointed up to the suite, and uh, it's going to happen. It's going to be Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But will he finish the story? We'll, We'll get to that on a future episode of Wells Mania podcast, but 
Seth Rollins comes out, interrupts Cody, and just totally manipulates. He's gaslighting Cody, getting it. This is the dusty title. Let's just say this segment sucked. Holy balls. All right. This segment was terrible. If you liked this segment, then you don't know what a good segment is. I'm going to be blunt with you. This segment was ridiculous. It was pointless. It was stupid. It made Seth look like a manipulative, just desperate douchebag. Well, he he is like that in real life. And it made Cody look like a moron for even contemplating it. This for let's just so to put it into perspective, Seth Rollins comes out, okay? Colby comes out and just starts trying to talk about, you know, oh, uh, we don't need Roman Reigns anymore and he doesn't do all the same bull crap that fans have been saying. And Seth Rollins saying that Roman's not the guy Cody's not the guy. Seth Rollins is the guy. I'm sorry to, to break it to you, Seth, but you ain't the guy. All right. As long as Roman is around, you ain't the guy. Maybe in your head, you're the guy. But let's remember one thing. That title was created because no one could beat Roman Reigns. So Roman, regardless of how often he defends the title, is the guy, is the moneymaker, is the aura-inducing star power of every major event that he is on, regardless if you like the finishes of the matches or not, when he shows up, everybody in the building throws the ones in the air, and he still is like the hottest merch seller in the company. So he is the guy. Behind our truth And then Cody, even though he's not a champion, is probably more of the guy than Seth is. Because people like Cody more than Seth. It's just, it's simple math. The only thing about Seth Rollins that people like is his theme song. So Seth comes out and says, you don't want the Hollywood title. You don't want the Hulk Hogan title. You'd want the Dusty title. Newsflash, Seth. Dusty already was a a world heavyweight champion. He, 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 he's been there. He's done that WCW NWA. And what about the guys, the workhorse champions that did hold the Hollywood title, the stone colds, the Bret Hart's, all of those men that also held the WWE heavyweight championship. The one belt that this company is built off of, the the story is that's the title that Dusty could never win and that Cody has to win it for his father's legacy. This was the dumbest segment, one of the dumbest segments I've ever seen that, that Seth was out there spewing this garbage about why his title's better and why Cody should pick him. And he's saying a bunch of bullshit. Holy balls. Selling a bunch of bullshit. Holy balls. That nobody on the planet is buying. Maybe friend of the Wells Mania podcast, Dion Freeman. He might be the only one. And then Cody looks like it. Cody looks like a dumbass for not cutting him off and being like, let's be real, dude. 
you ain't the guy, that ain't the title, we all know what my story is, the story is I have to redeem myself, I have to redeem my father's legacy, and I have to save this company that I love from the stranglehold of the bloodline. I'm not going to go and challenge you and let them keep running roughshod. So the fact that Cody even said, I'll think about it, makes Cody look like a dumb ass in it. it. The whole segment was pointless. It, it did feel like a waste of time because we all know that Cody Rhodes is going to take on Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40, finish the story. It's the whole reason why Cody won the Royal Rumble. So yeah, Seth coming out and being the snake that he is and manipulating and gaslighting Cody was just, it was a waste of time. And I got asked this the other day, Peyton. Somebody messaged me, who in your opinion is the face of WWE? And I, without hesitation, I said, there's two people that come to my mind. Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Those two guys are the face of WWE, not Seth freaking Rollins. So for Seth to even think that he's the guy, he's not. He's not the guy. He's he's living in his own fantasy world if he thinks that he is the guy. Hell, he's not even the man because that's Becky Lynch. Now, that's not taking anything away from Seth's title reign. Seth has had an amazing title reign. He's put over that World Heavyweight Championship. He's definitely a workhorse champion. He's had some amazing matches that is absolutely the case, and I think that him and Punk in the main event of night one would have helped solidify that title even more to eventually be the title, you know, and, and really get on the same level as the Roman Reigns title. I think that was the point of Punk going for it, but that we're not there. We didn't, we're not going to get Punk and Seth now, and the game has to be changed, and honestly, now. I don't even think Seth is going to be the night one main event. I think the night one main event is going to be Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch at this point. If Who knows what's going to happen on the road to WrestleMania? If you ask me, I think that the World Heavyweight Championship match at this point going into WrestleMania is going to be relegated to the night one show opener. I think that is where it's going to be. I think Seth will open the show night one and defend the World Heavyweight Championship against either McIntyre or a triple threat match with McIntyre and Sami Zayn or maybe Gunther, but it's not going to be the main event. Now this, and we kind of got this already teased when Gunther confronted Seth Rollins, this would be an awesome WrestleMania match. The Intercontinental Champion, Gunther, versus the World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins. That right there just has a WrestleMania vibe to it. Because it, it reminds me of when the Ultimate Warrior, when he was the Intercontinental Champion, took on Hulk Hogan, who was the WWF Champion. So they could do a title-for-title Match at WrestleMania 40, Gunther being the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion who looks absolutely unstoppable, 
but put him up against Seth Rollins and maybe Seth Rollins could be a credible threat to be the one to take the IC title from Gunther and end that historic reign. But like I said, we are now on the road to WrestleMania, Peyton, and it did look like a clear path, but now it looks like it's going to be a very long road to Philadelphia. Now, before we go, before we wrap up this episode, is there anything else that you want to touch on from the Royal Rumble, from all of the craziness that's going on in the world of professional wrestling? Do you just want to put over Crypto the Unexplained? What the hell happened to the third episode? It's an unsolved mystery. I What, what happened, Peyton? Well, to answer your question real quick about, about Crypto, um, the third episode was set to come out last week, but the audio vanished. What happened to it, I do not know. You know what, though? I know how you feel because I've had audio vanish here on the Wells Mania podcast. So I, I get that. There will be an episode this coming week. Um, I, I have an interview. Uh, it will actually be an interview with another friend of the Wells Mania podcast. I'll be sitting down and doing a deep dive discussion with Jeremiah Jackson, who um, is currently he is in the world uh, of law enforcement. So he will be giving his viewpoint on a lot of things. Um, coming from a person who has spent a, a long time in law enforcement is a police officer and some other things. We have an unbelievable discussion. Uh, so you will not want to miss that. That is going to be airing this coming week. It is a great episode. Jeremiah Jackson was one of the ones who was blowing me up the day that all the Vince McMahon stuff came out. And uh, Jeremiah wanted to come on Wells Mania podcast and give his legal side to it. And that is something that I want to save for when and if Vince goes to trial. I would much rather get into the legalities and the the legal talk when it when it does happen, because I have a feeling that it is going to happen. There's just so much stuff that I don't think Vince McMahon will be able to get out of this time, because let's face it, Vince and his checkbook has gotten him out of a lot of things for the time being. But that's the thing, man. You you can only pay off so much until you can't. Nobody is invincible. I see what you did there. See what I did there? Well, Peyton, before we go... Plug uh, anything else that you would like to plug. WWT, Johnson County Axe Throwing, uh, Crypto the Unexplained, your social media, anything. Let it run wild. Definitely go follow Crypto the Unexplained on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Like I said, we have two episodes out. The next episode will be coming out later this week. Uh, It's me and Jeremiah Jackson's discussion. It is a phenomenal interview. You will not want to miss it. You can follow Crypto on Twitter at CT Unexplained. You can also go follow me on Twitter at Stone Pain Prod. I have some pictures and some videos of me being there live at the Royal Rumble. I got the picture of me with Hulk Hogan on there. Uh, I will post the picture of me in the Hulk Hogan costume as a kid. It is worth it. And uh, don't just look at it. Retweet it. Yeah. No, so I, I'll go ahead and I'll post that on there as well. As far as wrestle with this, follow WWT at Smashmouth WWT on X, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. 
Uh, we do have heavy rain coming up, and I can't give the exact date, but I can tell you that if all goes according to plan, heavy rain will hopefully be releasing in February. Uh, it's going to be a great show and a great comeback for WWT. Yeah, I have been patiently waiting for heavy rain. It's the first big PLE, so to speak, but it's free because it's on YouTube. Wrestle with this. Hit that subscribe button. Peyton, welcome back from Tampa. You look great with your tan. You look like your pythons have gotten bigger. I swear Hulk Hogan rubbed off on you. Be sure to follow me on. We're going to bump out this episode with Cody Rhodes' theme song, paying homage to the back-to-back men's Royal Rumble winner. And, uh, of course, when it gets to the woe, you and I are going to do the woe really loud okay so so get ready because you're loud enough you probably do it by yourself this is very true it's coming are you ready yeah go for it whoa there it is be sure to follow me on twitter x at wellsmania like me on facebook at wellsmania follow me on instagram at wellsmania follow me on tiktok at wellsmania and follow the wellsmania podcast wherever it is that you stream your podcast Thank you all so much for running wild with the world's greatest co-host, Peyton Payne and Wells Mania. Until next episode, take care, stay positive, run wild, and dominate the day! Yeah.